Coming up on Golf Today, Danielle Kang emerged victorious to start the 2022 LPGA season. How did she do it? And what was the offseason focus that helped her on Sunday? We'll dive in. Plus, it was Hudson Swafford in the desert taking home his third career PGA Tour title as the state of Georgia continues to celebrate win after win after win. And Max Homa joins the program from L.A. to talk Riviera, the upcoming Netflix series, and how well he knows Max Homa. Spoiler, he knows him well. Golf Today begins right now. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Golf Today on a Monday, Damon Eck alongside Shane Bacon. Busy weekend in golf, busy weekend in sports. How did you, like, digest it all? You got a lot of TVs in your home, one here, one here, one here, one here. How'd you do it? I, I got tripped up at one point. Did you? Uh, I turned off the football and turned on golf, and all of a sudden Brady throws, what, a 70-yard pass to Evans, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm flipping it back to football, but – that's as busy a weekend as I can remember. This is the best, in my opinion, this weekend that we just had was the best weekend for football of the entire season. You get two important games on Saturday and Sunday. And mixed into that, we've got PGA Tour, yeah. we've got DP World Tour, and we've got LPGA Tour kicking uh, off. I was juggling football watching, golf watching, 10-year-old triplets and their activities. I mean, I was watching my phone. I was watching the teams. I'm coaching Took a W in basketball, uh, took an L, I should say, in basketball. I'm not happy about that. But I tell you what, we saw a lot of great things over the weekend. And as we know, there's always something to play for. And let's uh, dive into the LPJ to start because it was very much something to play for with some very big names involved, both on the celebrity side and, of course, with past winners. Danielle Kang taking on the title of the Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions down in Orlando. Conditions were kind of nasty, not very Florida-like. Yeah, she embraced the tough conditions finished three shots clear of Brooke Henderson. She was the only player to break 70 on Saturday and Sunday. The only player with four rounds in the 60s, by the way. And she now has six LPGA titles to her credit. Shane, you mentioned she fought the elements Mother Nature brought along and talked about her preparations for the cold after her third round. I don't, I don't perform quite well into the, in the cold. So I worked on that a lot during this offseason. I purposely went out and practiced golf when it was really cold and windy. My caddy's dream is for me to play well at the British. So I, yes, my history at the British Open is not so great. I get that. And um, it, I've been, he's been on my back for five years. The least thing I can do is to be able to be prepared for the cold weather. So during the off season, it's uh, being able to try and swing with how many layers I have on what's the max, what I'm capable, what I'm not capable of doing. There's certain things I can't do, shots I can't hit during the cold weather, and I just take them out of my arsenal. Um, those, the, those are the things I have to figure out. It's like a little bit more deeper. Um, even today, there are some drives that I hit. I, I just can't hit that kind of shot in that wind while I'm that cold. So something I can still work on. And, D, this is what the offseason is about. I know we joke a lot about the golf offseason. It's not very long. Players right. don't have a lot of time to go sit for months on end trying to perfect certain things. But you do have time to perfect something that could help you mm. in the coming season. This is a player that has more missed cuts than cuts made at the Open Championship. She talked about trying to improve in those types of conditions. Who would have thought this would come up the first week of the season in Florida? But it helped. And if she's saying, I can't hit certain golf shots in certain types of conditions, considering the talent that Daniel King possesses, now being able to make these swings with two and three layers on, could be talking about a different player this year. Her caddy's name is Ollie Brett. He's from England, been on the back for five years, and was tired of her struggling in the cold. I love the fact that I'm holding her feet to the flame a little bit. Let's work on this. Let's get this to be something that is a strength or at least not a weakness, a detriment. Embrace it because it's not always sunny and balmy in Orlando, Florida. I can tell you as a former resident. And I love the fact that this is someone who was, let's be honest, kind of forgotten last year a little bit and passed up by Nellie Corda and passed up by Jin Young Ko. It was a time a couple of years ago she was considered one of the best and maybe the face of American golf. So I love the fact whatever it takes to find a new energy to come out in 2022 with a different perspective. And it paid off on the first week of the year. You're talking about Danielle King back in 2020 and what she did in those back-to-back -back weeks, winning twice, becoming the number two ranked 
player in the world, and you're spot on here. Danielle Kang was the person that American yeah. golf fans were focused on before Nelly kind of broke out in 2021. This was the player. And frankly, D, this was the resume. Major champion, won two U.S. Amateur mm. titles, had LPGA wins, and now all of a sudden it had five LPGA wins. And you're going with the major and with what she did in amateur golf. Is this a Hall of Fame level mm. golfer in Danielle Kang? And then she just kind of fallen off and we didn't see much of her. And really more importantly, in my opinion, considering the fact that we do this show, it was a name we didn't talk a lot about last year. Didn't do a whole bunch in 2021. For her to burst out mm. in 2021 and won the first event and the way she won it in the conditions that she would, in theory, hate, yeah. you know, in previous years, this is, in, in my opinion, somebody that's setting the tone for the year. This is a chance for a player to come out and go, I'm setting the tone. It feels very much like Cam Smith mm. in Hawaii, a player last year that we were kind of going, all right, is he coming into his own? Let's see what he can do. And the first event of 2022, he wins and Danielle Kang wins. This could be a big season for Danielle Kang. We know she's got the game to go out and win two, three, four times. And how appropriate that this was the week, considering what happened last year at this time, first event at the Four Seasons. She had that lead on the back nine, ends up losing in a playoff to Jessica Corder when she makes that bomb putt on the 18th. And I thought that that was a moment. It kind of set the tone for her season. She had nine top tens. It wasn't a, a bad season, a poor season, but for someone who's a major champ who had become the face of American golf, that loss, looking back now, just seemed to set the tone for her year. She's going to join us a little bit later when I ask her about that and the change of mindset. Because one thing she said was she was especially proud of her mental game this past week at Lake Nona. 32 professional starts since her last victory for yeah. Danielle Kang. I focus a lot on, on, you know, the great play for sure. But there are moments in tournaments that really, really matter. And Danielle Kang on the 16th on Sunday, it was a really, really tough finish yeah. considering the conditions. I mean, she said metal into a par four and nearly hits it into the penalty area and then just takes her medicine and hits a golf shot that professional golfers hit at professional golfing times. It was a bunker shot to 60, 70 feet. It was taken out double in theory, but she still had the two putt it there for the bogey. It was a very, very important moment mm. there and just the way the golf tournament was kind of shaken out. And I bet when she looks back on this win in two or three months, that'll be one of the holes she remembers, the hole you leave mm. with a square. Last three holes, Lake Nona, are the toughest three on the golf course. She got it done for a sixth win on the LPGA Tour. Someone who was expected to get it done was the world number one, Nellie Cordell. Let's go back to her Sunday. She made too many bogeys, four in total on Sunday. This is the 10th hole. Yeah, I just didn't have it. I mean, this happens, and you know, it's hard for us to kind of explain it. Sitting here is why the some days you show up and you got the game and some days you do not. We rarely see Nellie Cordell showed up to a final round and to a golf tournament not having the game. She rarely ever ran into that situation last season. This was just a day that was just struggles left and right for Nelly Corda. Yeah, you could see her face. They're just miserable. This was the 16th hole. Needs this for par. Misses that on the right side. Tap in for bogey. She shot 75 on Sunday. It was just never really in it. Just kind of had the lead and all of a sudden, poof, was gone. You see the scorecard. Just one single solitary birdie for this powerful player, for this player who won five times around the world. And later she talked about how, she, you know, I, I'm not great in the cold, you know. Talking to her last year, she couldn't wait for the tour to get back to Florida. Played well at the start of the year and at the end of the year when it was in Florida. But that was typical Florida weather last year. <laughs> and this past week in Orlando was not typical Florida weather. It's so interesting to hear these pros talk about the weather. And you heard all the yeah. pros talk about it, how nasty it was and how tough it was playing in the cold. Even Daniel King saying, you know, certain golf shots, I don't feel very comfortable hitting when I get real cold. You don't think of weather when you think of the start of the season. And frankly, the outside of the Open Championship – when do we run into this? Yeah, you, yeah. You, we're always playing where the weather is nice. Yeah. You know, where is the PGA Tour going right now? They're going to the West Coast right. where it's 70 and 80 degrees. They don't have to run into this much. I mean, you remember the match play years ago when Martin Keimer's kind of huddled under an umbrella because yeah, it's it hailing happen. in the desert. But typically it's short sleeves yeah. for professional golfers. So it's a one-off week. You have a tough final round. Here's what I take away from, from Nelly. You could talk about maybe struggling in that final round and shooting 75, yeah. but when you finish tie for fourth and you're disappointed, oh, yeah. you're in a different you're in a different stratosphere. And yeah. she is in a different stratosphere where it is win or answer the disappointing questions. That was not the case going into yeah. last year. You finished fourth. You got to be happy with it. Still find it a little surprising. I mean, she was very honest saying that. The weather's cold. I'm colder than the weather. Right. I don't know what it is. I don't play well in this weather. I don't like it. She has to figure out a way to get it done. I also wonder with this format, you know, celebrities, music, it's a different vibe than your typical LPGA Tour event. 
I don't know her well, being around her a couple of times, I don't think the format fits who she is, her style of person. Jessica, the big sisters, I've been at this tournament with them and seen her dancing around. Jessica, when the music is playing, Jessica's dancing with the music. Nelly doesn't dance all that much. When Nelly won gold, Jessica walked up to her and started shimmying right away. Nelly's more about the business. So I think this format, why I imagine she can find a way to win and she did finish tied for fourth, I don't think it necessarily fits her personality as well as this tournament would fit the defending champ in Jessica. Hey, it's a brilliant point. You think about Tiger Woods in the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Pro-Ams for the players, yeah. for the actual players, aren't as fun yeah. as they're going to be for a typical tournament because you're sharing holes and you're sharing the moments with yeah, players that aren't times, playing professional golfers tee boxes you're sh yeah you're sharing the spotlight yeah with other players that aren't out there week to week nelly corda shows up to a golf tournament and she's the most important player there yeah. you're the number one ranked player in the world and you're the next player you're the next person up i mean you're the one everybody's focused on and interested in but i just love the idea of the philosophy that you brought up the philosophy of this nelly wants to go in and go to work yeah. Nelly wants to show up and go to work. And yeah. this week, it's a great tournament, but at times it does feel a little less than work. You mm -hmm. can hear the music. I mean, they're showing pressure putts on 16. You can hear the music on the telecast yeah. from the 18th hole. Oh, I for mean, sure. That is blaring and blasting. That feels a little bit more like I'm going to the driving range for a fun round on Saturday and a little less like this is the tournament of champions. At four seasons in years past, I'd be on that 18th tee box, the par three, and the DJ is going and the drinks are going crazy and the football's being thrown around and, and, and the LPGA players are having to perform in that environment. But I will say that the fact that a Larry Fitzgerald is embracing this tournament, you have Marcus Allen, you have these players and stars from other sports. It can only be good for business. I think that's why the LPGA ha has had this relationship, you know, first with the Four Seasons and now here at Lake Nona and formerly Diamond Resorts and now Hilton Vacation. I mean, I think this is about the business of golf, but I do think from a personality standpoint, we'll ask Danielle about this as well. You have to have a certain personality because Daniel King has embraced playing with Lee Bryce and right. Cole Swindell and the country music aspect of it and the music, but it's not your typical tournament style and format that the players are used to being around. Yeah, the Pro-Am is, is not for people at home watching golf on television. The Pro-Am right. format in general, that's not what it's for. It's yeah. for the people that are interested in showing up to play in these golf tournaments that are paying to show up and play in these golf tournaments in some yeah. instances. I mean, it's for a lot of other things. You said it. It's for the yeah. business side of it. I actually love the idea of the Pro-Am format. I'm not exactly sure I'm in love with it being the first event of the season mm. for the LPGA Tour, just because, again, it's just simply about spotlight. The spotlight to start an LPGA season should in my opinion, be about the LPGA players. There's nothing, you're not getting hurt in terms of celebrities being there. You mentioned yeah. Larry Fitzgerald and some of these great athletes yeah. and famous people, famous people away from sport right. that people know and understand and it's exciting that they love golf. But again, I feel like the first event of season should celebrate the players and the tour and what they did last year, celebrate the wins and all that. And at times, you aren't watching Nelly Corda play golf, and you're not watching Danielle play golf if you're watching from home. But you said it is a business play, yeah. and it starts the season and gets everybody rocking and rolling and going. And for Danielle Kang, she is not complaining yeah. about the start of this season and the music playing at the 18th. Leaderboard was fantastic Great. on the LPGA side and the celebrity side. You had Annika on the celebrity side battling with Derek Lowe. But I, I get your point as well. It's a different type of season opening event. And you had the Gabby Lopez's. You had... NB made a run. You know, you had Nelly on the board, and you had Jessica on the board, and you had Daniel King on the board. Th those players should get the lion's share of the spotlight of the coverage, even if it is a player and celebrity format. It could just, in a way, you could celebrate last yeah. season while kind of previewing 2022, sure. Sure. if you will. I mean, if you go through Nelly Cordes 2021, that's an entire day Absolutely. of a celebration in terms of the broadcast. But again, I'm just excited to have LPJ back, and I'm excited to have Danielle mm. Kang back. I was a bit disappointed in 2021 just because I expect so much yeah. from her. Her game is so complete. Mm. There's no holes in the game, so it's nice to see her get that win after 32 straight without one. Daniel Kang joins us in just a little bit. It's been a big month for the Georgia Bulldogs. The wins just keep on coming. Football, golf, Hudson Swaffer collecting the dub on Sunday at the American Express. Highlights coming your way next. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. This season, don't just bet, live your bet life. And Win Grips, the best grips in golf. And by Bushnell Golf and the new Winman. Crank up your game.
back on golf today. We cover all sports on golf today. A couple weeks removed from the Bulldogs national championship win over Alabama, but we still have Georgia on our minds. Hudson Swafford, Georgia boy, graduated from UGA in 2011. And Kevin Kisser's kind of like he's, is he the guy that's just tweets all things Georgia? Yeah, yeah. I just trying to see who all is in the photo. Is it everybody? I think Brian Harmon's in there. Russell is there, Henley. Is there a Bubba in there? Is there a Bubba sighting? Did they, they send an email? You send like a, they have a text chain. You, you send it out to all the Bulldogs. What do you yeah. do? Yeah. Hey, you guys want to watch the game? Sure they do. Early planning. <laughs> no doubt. They love their football. They love winning. In fact, time now for winning moments. Presented by Win Grips as Hudson Swafford, the Georgia boy, 34 years of age now, got his third career PGA Tour victory yesterday outside of Palm Desert, California, La Quinta. Able to get it done. Fist pumps. Three-year-old son James is in attendance as well. And after the win, Hudson reflected on the recent passing of his father. He hadn't really watched me. I, don't, I think since 2017 Masters, I think it was the last time he came out and followed me around on the golf course. So I guess QBE was, uh, he passed away the week, or the very beginning of QBE. Like, and uh, so that was the first golf tournament he got to see me play. And this is the third. So to get a W while he's pushing me from above, I know it's, it's so special. Yeah, D, I was looking through, you know, some of the stuff that Hudson talked about after the victory. He said of his father, David, he taught me everything I know, how to be a dad, how to be a friend, how to be a champion, and how to play golf. Uh, you talk about special relationships in this sport. My dad, you know, taught me golf. A lot of fathers, you know, parents taught their kids how to get into the game and interested in the game. And we can talk about the win in the American Express, but what a special moment. You know, you have your three-year-old son at home, and you're getting to watch him grow up, and you're getting yeah. to watch him experience life and learn new things every single day and maybe occasionally show a little interest in golf. But to kind of lean back on these memories of the dad that taught you everything, I mean, taught me everything I know, how special of a comment is that about a person that, that raised you and, yeah. and that walked you through life and, uh, and unfortunately not around to see this win, but looking down on his son, pulling off incredible things in this profession. Yeah, when Hudson won his first event on the PGA Tour at this very tournament, the first person he FaceTimed afterwards was his father. His father taught him how to play golf when he was two years of age, took him out to the golf course for the first time. When Hudson qualified for the Masters for the first time, brought his father to play a practice round in the run-up to him competing at the Masters. So many stories we hear on the men's game, the women's game, you know, relationships with their parents, their mother, or father, an uncle, a grandparent who taught him the game. And Hudson said he heard his father's voice on that back nine, and he stayed calm, and he was, was never worried. He could hear his father's voice clearly to finish strong, be confident, and that's exactly what he did. And he had this press conference afterwards, and he kind of broke down a little bit. And a lot of the people in the media did not know that his father had passed away a month ago. Todd Leonard wrote a wonderful piece in Golf Digest about the victory that was larger than getting a third PGA Tour win. It was really kind of an ode and dedication to his, to his dad. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, we can kind of dissect uh, victories at times, sure. you know, when it's necessary. But this, to me, and, and when you listen to the, the press conference and you really kind of get into what was said and what was spoken of and to kind of go back to QBE, and then you think, you know, I, I think about the, the father-son, the parent-child golf tournament, that we have in December, and you just see the smiles on the faces of everybody competing. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're winning or not. It's one of the rare golf tournaments, D, I think we'd both agree on this, where we don't even really pay a lot of attention to the leaderboard. Yeah. And you're just out there watching a celebration of relationship, yeah. really. I mean, you've got this one thing that you love, and the person next to you loves it as much as you do. And the reason you love it is because you grew up playing it and, and, and diving into it and, you know, having your heart broke by yeah. it at times. You know, you walk away from a golf tournament. I remember my mom used to roll her eyes at my dad and I talking about golf tournaments, leaving a tournament. She'd go, it'd be a three-hour drive, and you guys would talk about the entire tournament for the three hours <laughs> we'd be in the car. These relationships are, are, are so much bigger than the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour and professional golf and amateur golf. It's a love, and it's a passion that was taught to you by someone that you're teaching to someone else. Uh, what a special moment for Hudson. Yeah, you think of Bernard Langer and David Duvall, kind of stoics inside the ropes. You get them to the PNC Smiling. Championship, and you never see them smile as big as they do in that great tournament every December in Orlando. Well, folks, still to come, Paige McKenzie joins us with her punctuation on the week, plus Daniel Kang stops by fresh off her sixth career LPGA win.
We're back. Time now for Paige McKenzie. Punctuation on the week. The time of the show where Paige joins us and kind of recaps the week with a little punctuation. Paige, I would start off with maybe an exclamation mark over the weekend. You know, a lot to choose from, but I'm sticking with Danielle Kang and how she responded in the middle of her round. Gabby Lopez had gotten off to a pretty good lead. And after a bogey on the eighth, Danielle Kang then rattled off five birdies in her next seven holes. And to me, this actually was reminiscent of her first LPGA Tour win at the KPMG. She birdied the 11th and then, or excuse me, bogeyed the 11th or 10th and then birdied four in a row. So similar response to that bogey on the 8th with five birdies in her next seven holes. This is a player that led the field in greens and regulation as well as putts per green and regulation, which that combination is pretty hard to beat. And Shane, one of the things that I'm looking for from Danielle Kang in next week is that she may do a back-to-back -back like she did off the break uh, last year in Toledo, Ohio. The LPGA staying in Florida and playing Boca Ria, the golf course that she finished third at in 2019 at that event. So keep an eye on Danielle Kang again this week. Yeah, she looked unflappable, especially that difficult closing stretch. All right, Paige McKenzie, how about a mm -hmm. quote of the week? <laughs> the quote of the week, well, we know that the LPGA had a celebrity division. So the quote of the week this week is from Derek Lowe, who won the celebrity division against the greatest of all time. I uh, never checked the scoreboard until the 18th hole. And I asked my wife, where do I stand? And she says, oh, I'm just going to have to par. And we'll go to a playoff. And I went and watched. What an amazing up and down on 18 she did. Uh, but... Um, and it is honestly like one of the biggest events I've ever been part of or win to play against Annika Sorensen. How many people can say that in a playoff and to prevail is, uh, it was a great day. Well, to answer your question, Derek, as it relates to Annika, how many playoffs has she been in? She's been in 22 playoffs in her career. Look at that record, 16 and six. Two of those playoffs were in majors where she was victorious on both of those. And get this, of the six playoff losses, three of them were to Rachel Hetherington. So Rachel Hetherington, Derek Lowe in the same class as it relates to being victorious over Annika. Obviously a little different situation when it's a Stableford celeb division. But you asked the question, Derek, I've got the answer for you. Rachel, kind of like the Eli to the Tom yeah, Brady yeah. legacy, right? Just <laughs> always getting in there winning some Super Bowls. How about this week's? Period. Who kind of just slammed the door to finish off the week? To me, that was Hudson Swafford. And yes, he finished with a par after a crazy back nine. But to me, the shot of the tournament was the 16th hole on that second shot, this reachable par five. Look at this amazing shot. This deserves an exclamation point. But look at that. Not even a club twirl? No reaction? <laughs> I mean, I would be running to the green and look at this, just a strut, just a slow walk. Act like you've done it before. Yes, Hudson Swafford, you have done it before. That deserves a period. Yeah, like that's that. like a Georgia Bulldog. It's like a Sea Island Mafia type thing. He's just kind of <laughs> sashaying. Oh, we won again. Right? Oh, I won again. Won in 2022. Same place. I've won here before. All right, Paige, how about an oblique moment of the week? Yeah, a new exclamation of this week. And I'm going with Siwoo Kim in the 17th hole. Now, a lot of players have found tragedy on the stadium course. We knew at 18 under party was two back at the time with two holes to play. He's trying to be aggressive and just a little too aggressive. So ultimately, a double bogey on that 17th hole, which dropped him from what would have been a tie for ninth outside the top 10. So that was my, oh, shoot. <laughs> I was like sweating a little bit. I wasn't sure that, what she was going to say. I'm going to say this. Every producer that's yes. behind the scenes right now is like, they got through that. Do we have a seven-second delay? We're okay. <laughs> I don't know. They We're got okay. the buzzer right here. That's pretty good stuff. Paige, that's really well done. Thanks so much for that. Thanks, guys. Too good. Too good. All right, how about winners who didn't win? We like to kind of 
highlight some of the players who didn't necessarily go home with the trophy but carried maybe something, you know, not quite tangible but something important? I got a name for you okay. that uh, you've probably said hundreds of times in your life. You probably haven't said it in a couple years. Mm. Victor Dubuisson. Oh, remember very good. Victor Dubuisson? I do remember him, yes. He was, he was 15th in the world in okay. 2015. He started last week to start his 2022 season 322nd in the world. He finished in a tie for fourth. Listen, any top 10 for a player that has fallen this much off the map, you're a winner even if you didn't leave with the trophy. I'm going with Dubuisson. He had a wow. great week, and we just hadn't seen many of them in the last few years. We went the similar energy. We went a past European Ryder Cupper <laughs> as well. Francesco Molinari. There you go. Tie for sixth. His first top 10 since Genesis last year. Talked about injuries cropping up last year, hurting his game. Says he's finally kind of getting settled into being a Los Angeles resident, which is something relatively new for him. I mean, I see Francesco playing some good golf, considering he's a major champ, was a Ryder Cup hero, for crying out loud. I think he's a winner who didn't win out in the California desert. And I'd say Europeans are looking for these guys kind of mm. over the next couple of years. There's some of these players that once were superstars that aren't playing maybe to yeah. that level right now. They need some of these players in that 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 spot for the Ryder Cup. And I know we're, what, a year and a half away yeah. or so from Ryder Cup. But they're going to need some of these players, Molinari types, to find form again because they're just going to need the bodies. They're already planning. Aren't they already looking ahead? you got to face down Bryson and Brooks and DJ and Morikawa and JT. I mean, they better get back to the drawing board. That was a tough loss in Kohler for the Euro. When they were leaving Wisconsin, when they were either getting oh. on a private plane or they're going through that Milwaukee airport, they were thinking, yeah. what do we got to do in a couple years? All right, long way away from the Ryder Cup. Coming up next, how about a friend of the show, Max Homa, joins us. He's taking the wild weekend in sports, and we're going to quiz him on his spelling? That's going to be kind of interesting. He's a, he's, Is he a good speller? Yeah, he won fourth grade spelling bee. Fourth grade, long time ago. We'll see how he's doing today. That's next on Golf Today. Back on Golf Today, if you're a fan of West Coast golf, going to love the upcoming schedule on the PGA Tour. Farmers Insurance open Wednesday through Saturday. So make sure to make the uh, adjustment on your calendar. You got Pebble Beach, you got Waste Management, Phoenix Open, and then the Genesis Invitational at Riv. The reason we're focused on that. Yeah. Uh, you know who won that last year? Refresh my memory. A fellow by the name of Max Homa. Okay. Got into a playoff. Hit it close in the 72nd hole. Unable to make it for birdie. Goes into a playoff against a tree. And you're kind of going, this can't be how it ends. It's not how it ends. It hit one of the great recovery shots of the year. They had an unbelievable iron shot on the second playoff hole. And it was Max Homa's Genesis Invitational to take home, he got the trophy, got a second PGA Tour title. And when you win that, you know what happens? You get to join us on Media Day. Max Homa on the video there. Max, what is Media Day like for a player? We kind of understand what it's like on the media side of things. What's, uh, what's a day like this for a player? Well, first off, thanks for having me. Uh, second off, if I, I think if you told more people this is what you get to do when you win, more people would win. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the media day is a little crazy. It is not what uh, you know I signed up for as a kid. This was not what I trained for. But it's quite busy. I was in. I uh, left San Diego at 4:45 this morning. Drove up to lovely Los Angeles. I'm here for another hour, and then I drive back down to go prep for the tournament. So uh, this, yeah, this just is foreign territory to me. But I'm glad to be with a couple pros like you guys. Oh, no doubt. We're glad to be with you, buddy. Now, work with me here. First three tournaments of 2022, winning score is a combined 80 under. That's 11 better than last year at this time. John Rahm bemoaning the putting contest in La Quinta. Is the game too easy at the highest level? Golf course is too, too soft and scorable. I don't know. If you watch me play enough, you wouldn't think it's that easy. Uh, if you watch John play enough, yeah, you'd probably think it's pretty easy. Uh, it definitely is low scores. Last week's a bit different. Uh, they had perfect weather, and they're playing a pro-am, so the pins, I guess, just uh, they don't make them quite as spicy. Uh, Kapalua had no win, but that was remarkably low. And I was not at Sony, but it seemed like, uh, you know, it was soft. So I don't know. Um, guys are getting better. Uh, golf courses are getting torched uh, at the moment, but, uh, you know, we got a good run. I don't think people are going to light up uh, Torrey Pines. It's a little difficult. So uh, I think I think you'll see it regress a little uh, back to the back to the normal uh, scores we're used to. 
Does the philosophy change at all, Max, in the way a good score is thought of these days versus maybe five years ago? Does 65 still feel like 65 on the PGA Tour? I think it does, but it definitely, I mean, I shot six under the second round in Maui, and I moved up one spot on the leaderboard, so it did, it did I guess, adjust a little because the next day I realized I needed to play a lot better than that, even though I thought I played all right. Uh, but, yeah, it definitely uh, definitely messes with you a little bit. Uh, but this competition steep out here. I think, you know, golf's only getting deeper uh, as far as the fields go. And uh, you have to just be ready to make as many birdies as you can. Um, so I guess in that in that regard, yeah, it's, it's probably a little bit different mentally. Um, but um, you just got to get used to it and, and fire away and uh, get hot uh, when you need to. All right, Max, you focused your offseason on your physicality, the body, if you will. What is your current level of jackness? How jacked is Max Homer right now? I'm like one quarter of a Bryson, I would say. Uh, Smart. Probably a bit, you know, I'm like, I'm like uh, eight times a Joel Damon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, somewhere, I'm somewhere in there if you can figure out whatever that means. Perfect. Somewhere between Damon and Bryson. All right, you're the defending champ, of course. <laughs> At Riviera, I'm from L.A. I used to take my mom to Riv back in the day. I just love the whole vibe. You know, you're going to run into, whether it's Larry David or Jerry West. Why is Riviera your favorite golf course on the planet? Man, if I could play with Larry David here, I think that would make it even, <laughs> even higher in my book somehow. I just did a hit with, uh, they call it a hit, by the way, boys. Media guy. Media. Big media guy. Jim Hill, who is a oh. uh, literal legend in Southern California. Um, but yeah, Riv, Riv is just, it's got everything. Uh, we're in, uh, you know, really cool area uh, right by the beach. Uh, it's probably the best layout on tour. Uh, a lot of guys you know, talk about this being the best golf course we play all season. Um, so it's just kind of got it all. It's got the, got the star power of the actual city, and it's got that uh, city of angels feeling uh, once you're at the golf course. So it's got it all. Max, were you a Drive to Survive guy? Did you get into Drive to Survive on Netflix? I did. I did not know a lick about driving, you know, anywhere. You know, I'm, a, I'm a speed limit guy, uh, so I didn't know anything about it. So I got into it, and it, it, is, it is an awesome show. I'm really excited they're bringing it to golf uh, with two of those producers because uh, they, they did a number on me. Now I, now I look forward to watching uh, on the weekends. Uh, I followed a whole season of race car driving. Never <laughs> thought I'd do that. My wife's dad makes me watch NASCAR, so I got a little into that a couple of years ago, but not, not like I am in, into F1 now. So when you think about what this will look like in terms of the Netflix show with professional golfers, you being involved in this project, what's your hope? What's the hope for fans that are going to watch and kind of uh, you know, really, really digest what you're putting out there and what professional golf's putting out there? I hope I get a lot of makeup. Uh, so I look handsome because this is a little intimidating that the entire world <laughs> potentially may see me. Um, but I think it'll be really good for the game. Uh, you know, the meetings I've had with them so far, they really want to highlight how we're kind of a traveling circus. Uh, it's an interesting sport, obviously not a team sport where we, we kind of, you know, get everywhere by ourselves. We stay by ourselves. Uh, we go city to city with our golf clubs. Uh, it's a weird life, I guess in that in that manner so um i'm glad they're going to be highlighting that i think people get a good insight on what like the life is as a pga tour pro i think everyone obviously uh, who's into the game watches uh, the golf and knows you know the, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it uh, a lot of birdies need to be made all of that but i think the, the the background stuff is is not has not been highlighted before i think they're going to do a great job of that and hopefully bring in a bunch of new fans like uh like it, it did with the the drive to survive because um you know, golf, I think, is in a really good place uh, with the competition. Um, so, you know, a few more eyeballs never hurt. Uh, and I think that they will do just that um, because, like I said, I watch race car driving now on the weekends. And I never would have said I would do that until uh, the show came out a couple years ago. Well, your profile is getting larger and larger by the season. In fact, last week we spoke to Aaron Beverly, the Charlie Sifford Memorial Exemption at Genesis. We asked him who he wanted to play a practice round with, and he said you. It reminded us of the time... You asked Tiger back in the day, 2013, for a practice round at the U.S. Open at Marion. Not sure how that worked out, by the way, but where are you with Aaron, and what do you hope to share with him about Riv? Yeah, just another similarity of <laughs> me and Tiger Woods. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this will go a lot better than my request because uh, I just met Aaron. We're going to play 
on Tuesday of Riv Week. I just got his phone number, so we'll set it up. Uh, he's a really nice dude, uh, another California guy. So I'm looking forward to that. It, it'll be uh, it was an honor for him to to say that I'm the guy he wanted to play with. So I'm really looking forward to to playing alongside him and uh, getting to chat with him. But uh, getting to already talk to him now, I'm you know I feel like he's a he's a, he's a great young man and uh, somebody I'm I'm looking forward to uh, playing a little golf with. Max, is it weird to have people look up to you now the way you looked up to professional golfers when you were kind of coming up through amateur golf and college golf and even early into your professional route? It is the weirdest. <laughs> it is truly the weirdest. Uh, it feels wrong. Um, you know, I, I, I hope they know that they're probably a little bit wrong. Uh, but it's cool, you know. Uh, I think think when you're growing up and you envision yourself playing uh, professional golf, you think of winning golf tournaments and competing and making birdies and all that. I don't think you think of, you know, that. I don't think you think of kids looking up to you potentially and wanting to play golf like you. And I think that is about as cool as anything I could imagine. Um, you know, when I'm walking around a golf course and the fans are out and there's a kid there and some, you know, kid says, oh, you're my favorite player or want to autograph or something, I, it makes you feel so special. Uh, and it, it, you know, it means we're doing something, something right in, in our lives. And I think uh, it's just, it's that, that's, that's the proudest parts for me whenever that does happen. And the nice part now in 2022 is when they say that they most of the time don't think they're saying that to Dustin Johnson. Like now they, they know they're actually <laughs> saying that to Max Homa, which is very, very important. Keep stacking up those trophies. Hey, we decided we're going to play a couple games with you. You're a smart guy, got a deep memory. You remember so many things. We're starting game number one. It's called Call Your Shot, Max Homa. You got to kind of remember where these moments were, what year, what golf tournament. We're going to start with this photo here, Max. And, I, you know, you, you weren't a pro golfer. I'll give you that. But can you remember the tournament and the year potentially? Looks like the national championship in 2013 in Atlanta or Alpharetta, Georgia. Um, shocker, I was not in the fairway. Uh, <laughs> but I did. I think if I'm right, I did go on to win that tournament. So I'm used to being in the trees. It's a comfort, comfort zone for me. Wow. One for one. One for one. Told you he's going to run away with Cal this. Golden Bear. How about this one here? This is a little bit different. You're kind of crossing a bridge somewhere. That's all I want to tell you. <laughs> crossing a bridge, uh, That's the BMW Championship in 2014 is oh my, my first win on the web.com tour, now Corn Fair. Unbelievable. Uh, he is smart. See, I mean, you think somebody's going to get one or two, and he's two for two. How about this? You're shaking a, a young professional's hand as well. <laughs> yeah, young, young up and comer. I was giving him some words of wisdom. Hopefully, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing now. Hopefully, hopefully he's playing all right. Uh, that's uh, that's Rory McIlroy and I uh, playing the 2019 Wells Fargo Championship on Saturday uh, wow. after I did not throw up on myself throughout the whole round. I mean, he's got the round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I told you. Details. You guys are giving me layups because these are the ones I played well. <laughs> <laughs> all right, how about this one though? This this was not very easy. We're not. You did not win. Much. You did not win this tournament. Okay. He did not win this tournament. And no I didn't bridge. Even, no bridge in this. Photo. I don't even. I think that I played so bad they they put me off the leaderboard uh, <laughs> entirely here. Uh, that's at the U.S. Open. A practice round at uh, hardest golf course ever, Wingfoot, with uh, a, and a couple other young up-and-comers. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they're doing all right. A couple dads, actually. A couple new dads. Oh, yeah. hanging out with the dads. Like hanging out with right. the dads. All right, Max, I think this is our last one here. Um, I mean, that, that could be anywhere. The giveaway would be the facial hair started to kind of make some noise. Yeah, that looks like Pebble Beach uh, last year on Sunday. So that wow. would be that would be correct. February 2021, yeah. Pebble Beach. Very impressed by your trivia there. But now we get into an area Max knows even better than himself. That's we get into some spelling. Oh, so this not his, I was waiting for this. This is not his best. It was not perfectly executed. He even called himself out. Hot potato play. Mm, perfectly executed. Twitter still doesn't have that edit button. I've been waiting for the edit button for a long, long time. And then you see, got right in there. You don't get autocorrect with all caps. Tough look for the fourth grade spelling champ, D, which brings us to this. We're testing Max on some spelling. The fourth grade spelling oh, God. champ. So can Max spell it? That is the category. You want to lead us off? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, here we go. We got. So these are golf terms, Max. That's all we're going to give you here. Can you spell Wanamaker? You win it if you win the PGA Championship. Wanamaker. 
M-I-C-K-E-L-S-O-N. Is that right? One more time. That's, Mick, <laughs> that's, that's Mickelson for you. Uh, oh, that was W-A-N-A-M-A-K-E-R. Well, we're giving them away. We give them away now. Okay. We're giving them right away. All right, we'll give you that one one for one. I thought he'd be able to cruise through that one. All right, let's see. Up next, how about Hawalalai? Hawalalai. <laughs> Where do I even start? Hawalalai. <laughs> Hawalalai. I, I don't know. H-O. I got nothing. No. no. I got this, nothing. This one was going to be tough. Should have watched no, the show no. last week. He should have watched that. I wore a hat. 35 times. I wore a hat with it on there. There you go. You wouldn't have got that, right? Oh, wow. Wasn't even. A lot of A's, a lot, lot of L's. Would have been. Champions. So. Uh, what about Appy Barn Rat? It's just a different language. Can you get Appy Barn Rat? What's that? Appy Barn Rat. Oh, yeah. The last the a name. A P H I B A R N R A T. Happy Barn Rat. Did get that? Did we get that? Yeah, that a boy. That a boy. It's pretty good. It was very good, actually. I once put a D in there. I was asked the same question. I put an R A D. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I messed up. All right, how about this one? We met. <laughs> Ooh. We met in this year of Brookline. O U I M E T. We met. Yep. There you go. All right, last one. Last one. Not a little bonus question five. Not a golfer. Not a golf term. A sport you like and a sport you follow. Giannis. Onto Takumpo. Oh my God. We'll just go last right, name. We'll, we'll let you go last name. I got to do the first name because I know I got that one right. G I A N N I S A N T E N T. I always mess this part up. E K O U M P O. You got buzzard. Mm. You got buzzard. That's okay. That's okay. Potato. Oh, no. N. Potato and onto Takumpo. Potato onto Kumpo. You know Brutal. the saying. They just they, they trip you right up. Hey, you're playing this week, Max. You're playing golf this week. I am, yeah, for, for my job. Okay, well, good luck <laughs> at the Farmers. Good luck at Tory. Excited to follow you. Thanks for playing along with all our silly games. We always appreciate Thank the time. Thank you, Max. Thank you, guys. Love being with you. Take care. Daniel King had a week at Lake Nona notching her sixth LPGA win despite cold and Nellie and a whole bunch of celebrities. We asked her how she got it done, and she joins us, perhaps from a car, on Golf Today. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Shane Bacon, Damon Hack, second hour of golf today. One of the great parts about doing a live television show sometimes, D, is sometimes you know what you're doing and sometimes you don't exactly have a great idea of what's happening. Absolutely. You know, the guests come up and you, they schedule for a time and they got to get the camera, camera right. Camera right, audio right. Audio. Look. We got to make sure our questions are buttoned Framed. Up. Framing. Very, very important these days. People have all these kind of highfalutin phones, but everything's got to be working in great order. Daniel Kang was working in great order this past week in Orlando. She hadn't won since 2020. It was a very important win for her, I believe. In the conditions, and we're going to talk to her here in just a bit and just ask kind of about those conditions. I'm so interested in cold weather golf, right? A lot of people just don't play golf in cold weather. They don't play when it's raining, when it's windy. When you're a professional golfer, you know what you have to do? You yeah. got to play golf in yes. whatever conditions are presented to you. And it's interesting to hear the pro golfers. You heard Nelly mentioned something about this. Danielle saying something similar about my golf game doesn't show up the same mm. way when it's cold versus when it's warm out yeah. there. And I've got to figure out ways to adjust and figure out ways to swing even layer properly, but figure out ways to where the golf game shows up the same way it would when it's 95 degrees. Four rounds in the 60s, only player to do it at Lake Nona Sunday. It was Danielle Kang, the American, taking the title at the Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions in Orlando, finishing at 16 under three shots clear of Brooke Henderson. She was the only player break 70 on Saturday and Sunday. You could see her with the layers on. Had to find a way to withstand that cold temperature. And she now has six LPGA titles to her credit. Underrated trophy? Underrated Very trophy cool potentially. Trophy. You see there won the 2017 KPMG Women's PGA Championship. That was our first LPGA victory, by the way. Six now on the resume. Bear Trophy in 2020. Member of each of the last three U.S. Solheim Cup teams that impressive as well Danielle now joins us it is in fact stars in cars she, she joined stars us. in cars that's part of one of our running series we have here on golf today Danielle you pointed to your mental game as something you were very very proud of 
over the weekend. What specifically did you do so well? Hi, everyone. Uh, first of all, apologize for the car thing. I'm no, we love it. We love to... it. Okay, so it's as authentic as it can get. I'm doing the best I can. Um, this week, I actually, I, what I did the best was the fact that I was able to stay in the present and stay in the moment as much as I can. I wasn't worried about what I did or what I should have done, what I could have done. I was just more focused on what I needed to do at that moment. So that was something very difficult, but um, I did a great job. Danielle, like players and people of a certain vintage or age, you're on social media. We counted 22 stories on your Insta today. Almost all of them are you resharing someone congratulating you on the win. So, so what's the cutoff? Only friends and celebs? Do the people have to have your cell number? How do you decide who gets the reshare and who gets just the double tap like? Uh, I don't really have a consistent uh, <laughs> method. I just, when I'm talking to somebody in in real life, I sometimes repost, and then if I'm doing something else, I forget about it. So whatever pops up the most recent, I just end up posting it. I don't try and post the same pictures because, um, you know, people are just going to keep clicking through. And at the end of the day, if you look through my stories, people will say, yeah, we get it, you want. So, <laughs> but I do want to be thankful for the. You know what I mean? So it's I do want to be thankful for those people that take the time and, um, you know, post about me and just say congrats and they write funny little things. And I appreciate it. Danielle, I was interested in this nugget from your win, the off-season focus on bad weather golf. We've talked a lot about it on the show today. With the Open being just one week in a busy schedule, why work so much on that as opposed to some other things? So I think that got taken out of context. I I – that was one of the things that I worked on was to be uh, better in the cold because that's one of my biggest weaknesses. People have pointed it out. And my caddy has mentioned that he would like me to play better at the British Opens. And he doesn't want to, I don't want to be written off when something with the weather gets cold. So if I have the biggest weakness, that means I have the most to improve. So that's something that I did put a lot of time into um, working in the cold. And not only that, I tried to, work really hard. I actually started training at the UFC Apex with uh, Duncan French, and I have the physios there, um, Heather. I have a sports psych from there named Micah. I just have a really great team around me that has built me into a better athlete, and that's something that I've been really focused on for the last eight weeks. How do you go about deciding how many layers is the right amount? Is it like Goldilocks and the three bears? The bed's too firm, the bed's too soft, the bed's just <laughs> right. Is it two layers? Is it four layers? How do you decide the perfect amount of layers for you to do what you do? Trial and narrows, actually. So when I work on the cold weather, when I get out there, I put on as many layers as I can, and then I try and hit a specific shot. If I can't do it, that's out of the toolbox. Uh, if I'm incapable of doing certain shots, it doesn't work. And then I, that's kind of, that's what you have to do. You got to keep trying. Um, I, I can't hit a certain shot. I've learned that with or without layers. Um, I've tried to play super cold and shivering. If that doesn't work for me either, I get the chills and it doesn't work. So I have a lot of base layers. I actually have four layers on top and four layers on bottom when I'm playing the last two days. Danielle, do you have to readjust the way you think about 2022 after winning the first event of the year? Does it make you kind of rethink about goals and what you want to do, not just over the next couple of months, but throughout the entire season? No, actually, not at all. I, I'm very proud of a lot of the things that I accomplished this week. I really stayed in the moment, stayed in the zone, and I felt very at peace while competing, and I haven't felt that in a while. So I was really, really impressed with um, how my team has worked with me to get me to this point. I was very thankful. Yeah, it wasn't like 2021 was empty by any stretch. You had nine top ten finishes. You didn't win a golf tournament. When you walked away from 2021, what was your assessment? Were you positive? Were you disappointed? How did you assess your year? 2021 was a disappointing year for me. I wasn't happy with the way I played. I wasn't happy with the way I was mentally, physically, anyways. So – psychologically, physiologically, in any way you can put, I knew that I had so many, so much room to improve in all aspects. So I really wanted to take leading up to the off season, November, December, and January to kick off the season the way I wanted to, how I wanted to feel. 
um, have the right energy levels, the focus levels. So 2021, though, I can't write it off because that's what got me to get into that momentum of wanting to be better. Danielle, how much does someone like Nelly push you? I mean, what she did in 2021, obviously the talent that we see from her, no holes in the game. How much does a player like Nelly push you to want to improve and just maybe tighten up one little thing here, one little thing there? I, I believe that competition is always good, especially uh, for athletes, because I'm a competitor. And when you see these girls, I drive it the way Nelly drives it and have when you watch Envy putt the way she does. I know the work that she puts in. I practice with her during this offseason. Um, all those motivates me. All of them motivate me to be a better player and work harder because at the end of the day, I want to be better. So um, even watching Annika compete, it was really cool to see. And that her, her herself inspires me to be um, a better player. So I guess it's just you got to find your inspiration somewhere. <laughs> Daniel, yeah, no, I've covered this tournament through the years. It's different. You got the music. You got celebrities. Some Larry the Cable Guy some years. Larry Fitzgerald almost every year. But it's different. How do you embrace kind of the craziness and not let it be a, a detriment and you stay in your bubble to perform? It actually doesn't really bother me. I don't mind the music on 18 as long as it was consistent. I think it kind of bothered me one round when they were turning it on and off. Uh, so I didn't know when it was go back on when it was going to go back on, and the inconsistency would kind of throw me off. But other than that, I play with Lee Bryce every year. I still talk about how he's not very good at golf. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Lee, but he's so fun to play with, and he's got such a good attitude. I I love this kind of events because I got to play with Mark Mulder. I got to play with Marty Fish, um, Greg Maddox. I they're one of the best athletes um, that ever have lived. So for me to pick their brain, the way they were so passionate about the way they play, like John Smoltz, like I love watching him be a competitor, even if it's not his uh, dominant sport. And it was really cool to experience it. And I was picking their brains about what they do with their competitive um, energy after, you know, being done with their sport and stuff. So it was really cool to be in that environment, to be able to learn from different people, and I was very thankful that HGV has uh, adopted this tournament. Well, Danielle, the game is better when you're winning golf tournaments. Congratulations. Drive safely. You know, you got a road trip to Boca, and we'll uh, catch up with you soon. Thank you. Yeah, I'm on my way to uh, West Palm Beach right now, so I'll have fun there. <laughs> Sweet spot. I'm jealous. So yeah, me I'm too. jealous yeah. you're going to West Palm. It's cold in the Northeast, Danielle. Congrats on the dub. Get another one this week. Thank you guys so much.